Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Next week on U62, he's back. And this time, he's mad. Gandhi 2. No more Mr. Passive Resistance. He's out to kick some butt. This is one bad mother you don't want to mess with. Don't move, slingboy. He's a one-man wrecking crew. But he also knows how to party. Give me a stick, medium rare. Hey, Baldy! There is only one law. His law. Gandhi 2. Matt, this is one of the strangest things we're ever going to have to record, I think. Stranger than George of the Jungle. Um, even stranger than some of the future things that we have to talk about on this episode, I think is Gandhi 2. Yeah. He's back. Uh, so <laughs> so this album we didn't really tackle this last week because we had a guest uh uhf yeah. the original motion picture soundtrack and other <laughs> stuff is the full official name of this album uh, yes it's it's notable for being al's first and only studio album that dabbles in the art of sketch comedy um first of them being gandhi 2 uh, it reimagines Gandhi as the hero of a black exploitation style sequel to Gandhi while simul- simultaneously spoofing the theme and promos for the film Shift. Uh, it was recorded during the third recording session of this album along with Fun Zone. And a uh, big shout out needs to go out to Jim Rose, who is the voice of the announcer throughout uh, this ad. Yeah, I mean, we could also throw in a. Um... Uh, this album has, so this is not an instrumental because was fun zone is an instrumental. So Al's voice is not on it, but Al's voice is also not on this track. I don't know if, I don't think he does any of those because there's a couple little like interstitial yelling, like he's responsible for the music on this track, but the narration is not Al. I'm 
kind of perplexed by this. And I <laughs> and I think the problem is there's another one of these, right? So a couple weeks ago we did the commentary track for UHF and there's all these yeah. like fun little commercial breaks and movie mm-hmm. parodies and whatnot. The other one on this album I think translates to an audio format in a way that still kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. So much of this is based on a visual gag. Like I don't understand why you would even put this on the album because it doesn't really translate audio wise well at all to me yeah well you know okay i agree with you but also then the question becomes why is this on the record but not the conan the librarian I almost feel like the Conan Librarian would translate funnier into audio than Gandhi. Because we're just sitting here hearing the sound effects of fighting. (laughs) I know. And I mean, don't get me wrong, because I I do enjoy it. And I mean, okay. so I think the presumption here is that (laughs) and this is where the soundtrack gets really odd, because there's most of this soundtrack is not in the movie. Yeah, this is what the other stuff in the the title comes from. Yeah. And and we're going to get to this next week with Attack of the Radioactive Hamsters from a Planet Near Mars, where I cannot even find, I don't know if that was ever intended to be in this movie, or if it was just at a certain point, they were like, we got to bulk this out because there's not enough material it would have been in the an soundtrack. EP. It would have literally been four or five songs. Yes. One of which being Let Me Be Your Hog, which was exactly like, yeah. from what I understand, we'll dive into this in a few weeks, but from what I understand, Let Me Be Your Hog was like, kind of created at the last second when the song that they originally wanted to be playing on the radio was too too expensive yeah so like like we're looking at if they had just released this as a genuine soundtrack and you remove the sketches and you're just sticking with the music created for the movie you've got money for nothing the uhf theme song fun zone and let me be your hog that is a 12 minute long EP. I mean, yeah. And they <laughs> like, must have been thinking like, we need a soundtrack for this movie. Like people are <laughs> watching this movie because they know Al presumably. And the soundtrack, I, I mean, the whole thing as we have discussed and we will continue to discuss the whole thing did not pan out well for Al or Orion pictures or anybody, but they must have thought like, Oh, well at the very least we're going to sell a bunch of records. Yeah. Um, and so they needed a full soundtrack. The only thing I could think of for, Conan the Librarian, even the like, there's plots even are the ra- us. Like, there, yeah, yeah. There's that, um, there's that great like sort of musical montage of the upcoming shows on U sixty two that goes through all of the um, upcoming like celebrity mud wrestling worked. and all that yeah. stuff. That would have worked as a sketch, and even it's instrumental. But even the sketch, even the music under the Rambo sketch, yeah. Could have been added as additional movie, and, and I would have you even have taken Town Talk. I would have taken Town Talk as an audio clip. Yeah, sure. Over sure. Gandhi I mean, Two, I think Gandhi Two is quite literally the worst sketch that you could have plucked out of the movie and been like for this audio is, purposes. Yeah, for you, audio you're purposes. Probably right. Yeah. I mean, and the only other thing I could think was we had talked before, and one of our listeners mentioned this in our mailbag episode, that the score for this movie is credited to someone named John Duprez. And I wonder if the reason why certain things were omitted, maybe maybe John Duprez did some of that music. Maybe he did some of the Conan the Librarian stuff. Maybe he did 
maybe they wanted to keep it owl focused. So that's the reason why. Because he, the, our listener, was speculating. I'm sorry, I forget the, the name, but uh, speculating that maybe some of this music was not actually written by Alan, was written by John Deprez. I don't think that's the case. I do think Al is credited. I mean, in my experience in this world, no one is. There's no way Al is stealing the writing credit <laughs> so, for uh, for a, a piece of music like this. I I think if anything, it would. Point more, point me more towards the idea of if they were excluding anything that Al didn't write. So that would make more sense. Here's my other theory. Yeah. The other theory that I have is that the two sketches that they specifically went with, mm -hmm. Gandhi Two and Spatula City, involve both some created background noise, like background yeah. audio. And voiceover. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, because it literally says this was recorded during the fourth session. So I'm wondering if it was literally that they were in the studio and they created the sounds of this and then shot the footage to match what they had already created in the studio. And then maybe they pulled out like, like maybe like the punches and stuff weren't originally in there and that was added, right. but I'm I'm wondering if the music and the voiceover was all done in the studio and then because that yeah. was created in a studio to be inserted into the movie, they treated that differently than some of the other stuff that we're talking about where it's like the montage of all the different shows where that's like Probably just they shot that stuff and then we're like, oh, we need to throw something in here. Right. Um, no, maybe you're right. Maybe <laughs> maybe they were at a point where they needed to. So, again, it's so interesting to think about how, like we're this is the only record we're ever going to be able to speculate like this about, like what the sequence of events was and how this led to exist. Because I was just going to say maybe this was something that they were like, oh, we need some more. We need to bulk out this movie. And it's a great premise to bulk out because you can just easily add a sketch and call it a TV show from the UHF station. And then you've got everything you, you know what I mean? There's no, there's no limit to what you could add from the sketch side of things. Um, but this seems like not an afterthought because this definitely was not like a quick, um, they must've gone to some effort to shoot <laughs> the Gandhi two footage Yes, for okay. the movie. I'm I'm fascinated that this was shot late. Um, or sorry, was recorded late. Excuse me. Um, well, other, and maybe that was just that that could have just been the schedule of recording that they had. I mean, they might have planned it from the jump and just were like, oh, we got to do this at the well, end. The other thing that's weird to me is that I genuinely don't even think we need this sketch at all. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. 
Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and Jess are over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Like, this is a 13-track album, which is rare for Al. It's usually 10 or 12 tracks. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. we're, we're one track longer than normal. And the other, what, what I guess we would classify as, like, the odd men out on this album. Mm-hmm. You've got Let Me Be Your Hog, Spatula City, and Fun Zone. They're all kind of clustered close together, and Gandhi's just like floating out there at the set as the second track, track two. to the album. track two no it it, it I mean, yeah we start we go right in <laughs> to gandhi too and and i mean so i'm inclined i yeah i don't in terms if we're talking about the record you're right i don't think it adds a ton but at the same time i get it and it, there's a part of me that actually wishes they just added more of these I like think I said, it would be- like, I wish that Conan was there. I, I, I wish that these little sketches were interspersed. You know, it's funny when I was doing reading about this, um, it, a comparison was made, I think, by uh, Nathan Rabin that um, the little interstitial sketches here reminded him of a Quentin Tarantino soundtrack. Yes. No, I mean, like, which I is think, great. I mean, that's an incredible reference to make. And I just wish that he had leaned into it more. Like it almost Quentin would make more sense for all of them to be here than just these two. You know what yeah, I mean? Like exactly. That's my point. Like, well, I don't know why. What, either, what made them pick just these two? I think you either go all in, mm-hmm. or you just do one. You know what I mean? Like, but picking two at random feels really strange. Because if it was, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong here, right? But I mm-hmm. feel like if it was just Spatula City, just in the middle of the album, you could be like, all right. You know, like you wouldn't be like, why only Spatula City? You'd be like, okay, this makes sense that they just like pluck this one random sketch on future and drop records. It. We get the quick out. I mean, like to be honest, Spatula City could occupy a space similar to like we talked like Twister, a very short song, kind of like in, yeah. in the middle of a record. Later on, he'll do like Harvey the Wonder Hamster. These little things that can come in as a short sort of bit. Um, he doesn't do it very often, but you're right, there is some of that. Um, so it's possible. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I do agree with you. My If it were me making this thing, I would have wanted it longer. I would have wanted more of those interstitial things in here to highlight the soundtrack because 
it's almost like they couldn't make up their minds. Like yeah. this is this is dangerously close to being just a Weird Al record that didn't need to have any connection to the film at all. If you cut Spatula City and you cut Gandhi too, um, this just plays like a record. Yeah, it's just a certainly record. doesn't feel like a soundtrack. No, I agree. Something that I wanted to also talk about while we're recording mm-hmm. this episode is season two of Clone High just wrapped up on on mm-hmm. Max. Um, and I I don't know. There in my brain, I'm doing this direct connection of like, man, there is a long history of uh, making jokes about Gandhi that don't age great. Uh, <laughs> case in point, we talked about it briefly uh, when we recorded our episode, uh, our commentary track. But like, you can't yeah. ignore the scene in the movie where the Gandhi two segment comes from, and it's undeniable. It's brown face. Like there is brown face happening there, Played and by then. Jay- Played by Jay Levy, who is Al's manager and the director of this film. And the director of the film. And then um, I don't I don't have this stat handy, but I think I looked this up when we were doing the UHF episode itself, that that was actually he did that because they could not find anyone to do it. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of a last minute like, oh, we don't have anyone to play Gandhi. He was like, I'll do it. And of course, again, not to forgive too much, but 1989 it was a very different time. People certainly did not think about these sorts of things and and in the exact same way, you know, a, a, a white person taking a role like this and putting on brown face. And um, I mean, certainly it would not be if Al made the movie today. Yeah. <laughs> it no, would not and, happen like that. But, but you know, in my brain, there is this direct line to uh, Clone High getting a second season after almost 20 years and yep. them essentially killing off the character of Gandhi because they're like, this character caused us a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> this character is why we got canceled. Uh, this character is voiced by a white man. Like there was like a whole lot of strikes. And let me tell you, I love the new season of Clone High. Boy, did I miss Gandhi. Like, like I think that <laughs> yeah. the idea, I think the idea of taking Gandhi and putting him in a completely opposite role is just funny. You know, taking Gandhi and making him Shaft is very funny. I, I was going to say, so now, okay, we've, we've cleared the air. Yes. Obviously the brown face element of this is really, really tough. And you, it's awkward to watch now. Luckily, if you're listening to the album, you don't have to see that. <laughs> no. And also this, <laughs> and but you can just taking it. Gandhi and making him this like hard drinking party animal that wants everybody yes. to love him. Like that juxtaposition is always very, very funny. It is a, yes. it is a funny thing. It is. What is your so so? This is a genre that I have only dabbled in. What is your experience with uh, black exploitation? I would say that I have mostly dabbled as well. Um, I mean, as it's been pointed out, uh, the most obvious reference for this is Shaft, um, which I have seen. But of course, that's like a very very notable uh, yeah black exploitation movie. Um, I've seen a handful of them over the years. You know, this it, it enters the cult territory of things that I. I was going to say. I, I think I've seen really more like. of the bad ones. You know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly I've, that. Exactly. Like I've yeah. watched like the Dolomite, like the Dolomite movies, and I've Dolomite, watched yep. like Blackula and Blackenstein. You know what I mean? Like yes. <laughs> um, and the Hunchback from Bloater Blame uh, for you <laughs> Simpsons fans out there. <laughs> exactly. But, but like, it's not. Probably Superfly. Honest. Sorry, I'm just I'm I'm oh, yeah, reminding Superfly's myself. A good one. Superfly is a great one. 
Um, there's a movie called Black Caesar that's awesome that James Brown did the soundtrack yeah. for. That's why I, I know that the most. I mean, I hate to say because it it's a parody, but actually, my favorite black exploitation film is Black Dynamite from about Black Dynamite is amazing. It's incredible because that's one of those things. It is a parody, but it is also just a great black exploitation yeah. movie. Like if it's you're a really, fan of really UHF, good. it's Ugh. very similar uh, box being checked with Black Dynamite. Yes. Um, so oh, another really good one I have to shout out The Last Dragon. Have you ever seen The oh Last Dragon? Oh my god, The Last Dragon's phenomenal. And that is an incredible like talk about something to recommend to listeners. The Last Dragon is a martial arts slash black exploitation movie that was made by Motown Studios. It's like the only, I think it's the only movie that they ever made. It's the only movie the they ever made. Ugh. It's, it's referenced so, so good. It's referenced in like a Buster Rhymes music video. I think it is, yeah. He plays yeah. Show Enough in one of his music videos. Right, um, right. I mean, the character of Show Enough rules. I Every year at San Diego Comic-Con, I see at least one person cosplaying as Show Enough. Show Enough, And I always yeah. have to take a picture of them because it's just, it's such a beautiful, deep-cut costume. Yeah. Um, that's funny. I, You're right. I mean, that is undeniably a black exploitation film. To me, I just think of it as just an 80s film. Like, I'm like, this is just an 80s film. It's arguably a little bit more... It, it's probably you, you could make the case that it's more of a kung fu karate movie than it is a black exploitation movie, but it certainly occupies it's that the, space. It's the same thing with you know I said black dynamite, and it also goes with I'm gonna get you sucker from the mm-hmm. from the 80s. Like yep. there are these films that that uh, kind of walked that interesting line of pulling from the reference point of the 70s black exploitation film exactly in a more modern way. Uh, and but the thing it, that Al is referencing here that's so great is that a lot of these movies are ridiculous and over the top and just absurd, but wonderful. They're so <laughs> they're, they're so wonderfully charming. made. They're they're so fun to watch. You have a blast doing it, and that's what makes this sketch work work yeah. better than it probably should. Um, is just the idea of like you watch this sketch and again ignoring any of the problematic elements watching the the video of it and then even hearing the audio I guess to a lesser degree is like yeah I'd watch this yeah I'd absolutely watch this (laughs) 100% Um, obviously we're not going to do any rankings with this episode uh, because I mean where would you even where would you even put something like this yeah well yeah we we set this up a little bit in a previous one it's just a to to rank this as an original uh, I feel like it would just by default have to go low and that doesn't seem fair yeah. to it. Um, so I, I, yeah, I don't, it's not a song. It's a sketch. I wanted to, I'm glad we're talking about it because I do think it's, it's, it's worth, it's worth our time and it's worth our energy. I, I, I do think there's moments of it. Like I laugh listening to it every time he does that. Uh, you hear the, the guy in the background just go, Hey, Baldy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like as if that somehow is the thing that makes him the most mad. Uh, like like he is just enraged that someone would call to call him bald. <laughs> uh, there's, I I have a lot more to say in a few weeks when we get to Spatula City. But yes, the background voices and noises really uh, make this work. Um, mm-hmm. Well, next week, look, this was a short one. We all knew this was going to be a short one. How much time could we possibly fill talking about a minute-long audio sketch that we already discussed on the commentary track We episode? kind of already did. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, Again, I mean, just one more like little bit of credit for the music sli- musical side of it. Yes. If you watch any of the promos or trailers or whatever it is to these movies that we're talking about from that time period, you oh, can appreciate yeah. that he absolutely nails the vibe. Like, this is, again, it's a believable... Yeah, You actually could maybe make the case that this is 
something of a style parody. It's just a style. Like, you know, we talked about on, ooh, I'm going to tie it to Peter and the Wolf. Yeah. We tied to Peter and the Wolf, how that was a style parody, just not of a pop song, which is what we're used to hearing from Alan. Yeah. This is a style parody of a black exploitation trailer. Yeah. Um, Similar and, to Special City is a style parody of like any commercial you would have seen on tele, any uh, commercial you would have seen between Al TV episodes when you're watching it on YouTube. A, yeah, <laughs> a, a local commercial uh, from from that time period, um, specifically the 80s. Yeah, again, Sp- Spatula City, I feel like has a few more uh, references we can get into. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do like this. I'm like I said, I guess I'm on the team of like, I am glad that this is on the record. It is wild to me that it is track two. Yeah, I, there's just a lot of questions. It raises there's a lot of questions. A lot we of don't questions. have all the, <laughs> it raises many questions that we don't have the answers to. Uh, I would love to know. Uh, I, I am, again, I, I'm team Conan the Librarian. I want to know why that yeah. didn't make the cut, because I feel like that is at least as good as this, if not, as you said, better. I'm surprised that that, for some reason, I think it would have worked without the visual to the same degree. I agree. I agree. Well, next yeah. week, we'll be back with an actual song, and hey. uh, we'll talk about it. <laughs> Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 